0: I felt insecure. I I didn't feel confident. Um, I was scared to death. Because I had never stepped into that space of boundary setting, Um, whether it was even sometimes with friends, where I always just kind of went with the flow of everybody because, you know, they came to me when they had their problems and they're, you know, I I loved that space of it. I loved being, you know, the the fixer um, and the healer. But there came a point in time where I wanted to be heard, too, and I had things going on in my life where I was like, you know what, I don't want to deal with this alone. I want a friendship. I want a family member on my side. I want the support system and by damn it, I deserve it too. Mm-hmm. It's going to feel uncomfortable.
1: Mm-hmm. You know
0: the first time that you step into that space of defining your boundary and setting a healthy boundary, it's going to feel awkward. It's going to feel just like you, almost like you're stepping out of your exact space of who you are.
2: You're listening to The On-Call Empath Show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The On-Call Empath. By popular demand today, I've brought back Terry Razzola from uh, episode 52. Um, It's one of the highest uh, downloaded episodes, so if you haven't listened to that, I would definitely check that out. But in this episode, we're going to be talking some... Really good subjects from boundaries, why it's important. Um, and you know, Terry, she's going to also uh shed light on what she's been up to. Um, and she is a performance coach helping you know people become the best versions of themselves. Terry, it's such an honor to have you back. How are you doing?
0: Hey, Raj, I'm doing really great. <laughs> it's an honor to be back.
2: <laughs> yes, you. Quite had a impression on my audience. You're like in the top uh, top uh, seed in all of the episodes that I've done. So that is impressive.
0: That's awesome. I'm so <laughs> psyched by it.
2: <laughs> yes, and it takes a lot. I mean, I was looking at everything, and you were right up there. And um, you know, the audience really gave me some great feedback. Um, so, so what have you been up to? I know, like last time, there was we were in the midst of COVID and you know, you were going through so much with, uh, you know, in your life, but then you shed a lot of light on narcissism. Um, How have you been uh, holding up?
0: I've been doing really well, actually. And, you know, after our last conversation, you know, much uh, like anything else in life, some, you know, old seeds that I didn't even know that I had imprinted or planted within me had come forward. And Mm -hmm. at first, they kind of just, you know, the, it had to do with boundaries and it had to do with, you know, a sense of identity and it had to do with, you know, me making my imprints on this world. And then, you know, I, mm-hmm. I really do try to help others to do that, but it's also, um, it brought forward the space that, of remembrance that I need to do that for myself too, um, which is why then, as you know, I, you and I chatted then a little bit later on about boundaries. And I think that's kind of how we, organically came to this topic Mm -hmm. for today. It's, you know, I took some time off. I took some time to Mm -hmm. reflect. I took some time to observe. And within that space, I was able to define some further boundaries for myself.
2: Yes. And it is such an important topic. I know like on social media, a lot of coaches really focus on the aspects of boundaries um, as empaths and highly sensitive people, especially everyone that's uh tuning in today, even the trauma victims, setting boundaries is definitely a challenge. Um, I know it is for me personally, but um, you know, obviously learning from other people, especially from you, Terry, uh, I'm starting to, you know, uh test my boundaries more. But I wanted to ask you, you know, why is setting boundaries even important for, you know, as far as moving forward in healing?
0: So what I've learned from my own personal journey is it allows me to step into a space of authenticity and integrity. Um, And like I even just said, too, uh, I was able to redefine, not just define, but redefine certain areas of myself, which goes back to my identity. Um, you know, and who I want to be by setting actionable steps for myself. I'm declaring that space of self-love. I'm declaring that I'm important in this world and it's okay for me to exist with others, but then meaning having a connection with them, but then at the same time, have a mutual relationship of respect and understanding. Mm-hmm.
2: Very well said. And uh, I know that you know, when we talked, we were we were going over the the benefits of setting healthy boundaries. Um, being an empath myself, and a lot of the listeners that I've been communicating with, you know, we talk about getting this relief. But obviously, starting it and doing, you know, just keeping boundaries in the beginning is very challenging for us, uh, especially the you know empaths out there that are listening. What are some of the benefits, would you say, as far as setting healthy boundaries and, and just kind of moving forward?
0: Uh, so, it's an awesome question, too. And some of the benefits um, will be a reprieve of self. Um, it opens up that space of breathing. Um, for, for many, many years, I felt like I always had something on my shoulders and creating a healthy boundary, specifically with family. Um, family was the hardest boundary for me to define because of you know values that I still believe in and a love, a deep embedded love that I have for them. But I needed to create a space of self, and so it, it gave me a reprieve, which in essence is a feeling or an emotion of liberation. Um, and ultimately, what that did too, it boosted my confidence, or then I can look at you know different things and different goals that I have that maybe are just about what I want to do as opposed to what others dictate they think I should do or they think I would be good at, Um, it it gave me, as I mentioned, breathing room to step into a space of saying, okay, this is actually what I like. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And again, going back to that space of mutual understanding, mutual respect, communicating that in a calm way with my family or with, you know, mm. other colleagues to say, this is my stance in mm. the situation or in the predicament.
2: Yes. And I know, um, in our last, uh, you know, episode with with you on uh, episode 53, we talk a lot about narcissism and what it's like to go through it. And I mean, you basically, I mean, from what I he- when I'm getting from my audience that you really, Touched a lot of people out there with your story, um, and it really healed um, a lot of people that have been going through the same thing. Now, I wanted to ask you, like some some people, they you know they try to put boundaries out there, but it, they keep getting crossed repeatedly, over and over again. And when you're dealing with a narcissist, which I mean, you understand um, that aspect very well. How is it that much more challenging when it's being crossed and you're dealing with a narcissist personality uh, or somebody who's manipulative?
0: It's God awful hard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, it's double
2: hard with a narcissist.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, it's like, you almost feel like, and again, I speak in in, in terms of myself at the moment, um, but it's almost like you feel like you can't get out,
1: mm-hmm.
0: almost a feeling of hopelessness um you know, and e- even with you know a client that I was working with recently, and um you know she was describing a space of you know just not caring um and she didn't care you know what happened um and you know t- what she ended up turning to we were talking about vibes and vices and things that you know that we try to either go towards, whether it's exercise, you know, it's a healthy vice or you have a, a, a non-healthy vice, which is say like alcohol. Um, and for me personally, because I was so broken and because that narcissism um, was constant, you know, it was an everyday beratement. It was every day, you know, tearing me down, telling me I was terrible. Um, it It took a lot of conviction. It took a lot of of that place of stepping into self-love and realizing that I deserve that self-love. And it also took, um, believe it or not, for me, it took a spiritual practice of stepping further into that space and believing in something higher than myself. And once I did and I was able to surrender with a place of hope rather than hopelessness, that there's something more and there's something better. I don't know what it is. And at that time, I didn't know what it was, but to be okay with that. And once you're okay in that space, you can begin to navigate the waters of narcissism and with your narcissist and with the space of conviction. It's a quiet conviction. Like your voice might have a shake to it, but the more that you hear your own voice speak your truth, your heart automatically explodes. And I don't mean like in a bad fashion. I mean that your heart explodes because it's joyful that you're sharing your truth Mm -hmm. and your ears will hear your truth. And then you might even shock yourself because Mm -hmm. you're like, wow, what am I saying? (laughs) Where is this coming from? And it's coming from a place of your heart. And when a narcissist deals with someone who is becoming stronger within themselves, they kind of freak out because they're going to start gaslighting you. They're going to try to start, um, you know, maybe showering you with a gift or try to do whatever they need to do to try to you know, put their hook line and sinker back in. But if you still stay in that space of your heart and even casually speak from your truth, you will eventually that tiptoe becomes, you know, a run and that run becomes, you know, a run away from that narcissist. And then that, that, that's basically that's you breaking the toxic yeah. connection that you have
2: right that's so powerful and i mean i wouldn't consider myself like very spiritual but i am spiritual in practice but it took me uh some time to get there it's a journey that's that i keep learning i notice like especially with a lot of your social media i mean some of the yoga stuff that you do is like truly amazing like um so i know he, like yoga and meditation and spiritual practice like all of these things that you do Um, do you think that that helped you as a person like to kind of get over all of this, uh, you know, that you've been through in the past?
0: Yeah, it definitely has. And it's interesting because when I was going for the certifications, one of the things that they tell you is that this will change your life, but you don't realize how it's going to. And you kind of just go through the, the, you know, the certification and, you're just saying, okay, yoga is going to change my <laughs> life. Great. And every time I step on the mat, yeah, okay, intention setting. And it's still so very external. Right. Once you let go of that space, and that's your mind, that's your mind stepping forward. And once, you, you know, you c- creating that space of continuity and that space of consistency, um, you know, by taking a few moments, even if it's, if you take five to 10 minutes every single day, and you just take a few deep inhalations and exhalations, you're creating a mindfulness meditation practice for yourself right there. You right. don't have to necessarily close your eyes and, you know, chant or, you know, what have you, sit cross-legged. just <laughs> breathing five to 10 minutes, you know, outside of your work schedule, outside of anything. That's mindfulness meditation. So... Over the course of time, that will develop. And that's then what happened to me is you know, my, my yoga practice, my meditation practice, all of that started with the tiptoe. And the more that I evolved into it, the more diligent I became with the practice of each one of them, the more my heart came forward, the more my truth came forward. And again, that tiptoe turned into a run. Where Mm -hmm. then it was defining that space of identity of who who is Terry who and who Mm -hmm. does she want to be in this world? What is the legacy that I want to leave behind when I'm no longer here? And how do I? What are what are the avenues that I need to pursue to make that happen?
2: Right. And on that, um, you know, just speaking with a lot of the uh, audience members that do email me, um, one of the biggest complaints, uh, or I should say, one of the biggest uh, challenges that they have. Is feeling kind of guilty when they try to set boundaries, we all try to conserve our energy, especially like the highly sensitive people um, when it comes to friends and families, it just gets that much harder, especially personally like I mean it's a lot harder to put boundaries on a family member or a boss versus somebody that you don't know very well, but why is guilt such a big? big challenge for so many people out there
0: because we have huge hearts um you know as an empath you feel what other people feel and you don't feel it just at any level you feel it at a level that's magnified um so that feel it's in essence like that highly sensitive person you become ultra you know ultra sensitive and because you feel on such a deep level, it's an internal struggle. Um, you know, I remember even creating a boundary, um, a healthy boundary with my mom. My mom and I fought for years and we, you know, we would, you know, go head to head with one another with, um, you know, really bad arguments and silent treatments and avoidance. And, you know, was that healthy? Is that a healthy relationship to have, especially with your mother? No, of course not. Mm-hmm. But it took my space of acknowledging it and acknowledging her and then her acknowledging me of who we each are. And, you know, even for times when then I've you know moved away from home, um, that guilt that I felt was because of the love that I have for my family and because of the value system that I believe in. But then at the same token, reminding myself that it's okay that, As time progresses, that guilt actually subsides. So even though you have a constant pull, almost like a tug of war with inside of you that, you know, you feel guilty, but you want your own life and you want your own life. But then you're like, oh, my family. I don't want them to feel like that. I don't (laughs) love them. And I, you know, of course, I want to take care of my family. And, you know, it's in essence, what if I I stayed there for a while and I stayed there and I call it the space of limo. I call it a space of avoidance. I call it a space of inaction. because you're not doing anything. And so therefore, right. you're not progressing mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, because you're staying in that space of limbo. So therefore, that guilt stays with you. Um, just making one, again, I, I keep going back to the tiptoe and the run, because that's exactly the progression of it, is you have to take that first step. And if that first step offers you opportunity and guilt, which is then a butterfly and a nervousness, go with it. It's meant for you. It's defining you, and it's helping you step further into conviction of self, and it's a beautiful place to be. Um, You know, over the course of time, did my guilt subside? Yeah, it did, and I'm Mm -hmm. glad that I didn't listen to that space. I'm glad that I chose to listen to the butterfly instead of the the nervousness.
2: Like, let's say somebody contacts you that needs help. Uh, How would you kind of guide them? to make sure that they keep putting boundaries, even though if they can just start really small, I mean, they don't have to say no or be rude. What would be like just to kind of dip your toe in and just kind of get the ball rolling for somebody that is just having a hard time uh, setting any type of you know, boundaries?
0: Because if we strive for perfection, we're going to constantly keep striving. And we'll never, we'll never achieve that, that heart center space of truthfulness and, you know, self-love. Um, so I prefer to say practice makes progress, um, which then to answer your question, um, I'm trying to even go back to the space when I first did it. And, you know, I was very insecure. I felt insecure. I, I didn't feel confident. Um, I was scared to death. Because I had never stepped into that space of boundary setting, mm-hmm. um, whether it was even sometimes with friends, where I always just kind of went with the flow of everybody. Because you know they came to me when they had their problems, and they're you know I I loved that space of it. I loved being you know the the fixer, um, and the healer. Um, but there came a point in time where I wanted to be heard too, and I had things going on in my life where I was like, you know what, I don't want to deal with this alone. I want a friendship. I want a family member on my side. I want the support system and by damn it, I deserve it too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it got it was it was a shock, you know, and it got to I remember going back to the spaces to everybody no matter what it was, it was like, can I tell you something? And if, you know, they would say yes. You know, nine times out of 10 they would say yes, and then that was my playing field. That was my space to say this is where I'm at right now and it was like I said my my voice is shaky I felt like I was on like crazy rocky waters because it was territory that I had never sailed before and it's going to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. you know the first time that you step into that space of defining your boundary and setting a healthy boundary it's going to feel awkward it's going to feel just like you, almost like you're stepping out of your exact space of who you are Um, Mm -hmm. but the, the irony of it is, you know, and your voice may crack and your voice, you may stutter your words a bit. I know mine did. Mm -hmm. Um, but the first time that I ever voiced that space of saying, Hey, you know what, can I talk to you about something? And they said, yes. And it was me then defining, well, this is where I come from and this is my thought process on it. And, Of course, then they might have a rebuttal, like I know um, family members have had rebuttals with things that I have said, um, and they tried to turn it back on to me, that it's, oh, no, it's you think this way and you do that. And it's difficult for people to hear adversity. Um, And depending upon the heart center space, people will take it on a personal level. And so in communication, it's very important to not only communicate I need to talk about something which is an initiation to say you have a boundary. That's a mm-hmm. silent way to say that you have a boundary is I need to talk about something. Right. Do you mind if we chat about it. That's it, it, you know subliminally you're saying I have a boundary that I want to chat with you about. Right. They say, yes, they're accepting the fact that they're honoring the fact that you have a boundary. And mm-hmm. then you open up dialogue. This is the challenging part because that's where then you're, sh- you're expressing who you are, and then they get the chance to have the floor too. And if mm-hmm. they take it personally, it's very easy and very, it's an area where it could become very heated quickly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you have to stay mindful. And that's where then mindful meditation comes into play. Mm-hmm. Awareness comes into play. If you know how you are and how you react, Like back in the day, I was I would fly off the handle and I was like a hothead and my mouth would get I forget it. Like I would just be like, you know, like a little pit bull. And it wasn't healthy. Knowing that about myself, knowing that I can go from A to B very quickly in a you know, I needed to learn that space of controlling that. Mm -hmm. So that this way when the other person said something that they were taking it personally or they were you know, triggering me in, in their response. I wasn't able to step into a further space and saying, okay, I acknowledge what you're saying and it's frustrating me at this moment. I need to take some time away and walking away is another way to set a boundary. It's not saying that you don't care about the person. It's not saying that you're not going to go back and talk with that person again, but maybe you're walking away because you don't want to say something you don't mean. Or maybe you're walking away because you just need to collect your thoughts Mm -hmm. before you continue that conversation.
2: So just wrapping up here, Terry, um, if you can kind of introduce to all of us, uh, anyone that's listening, just maybe like a brief meditation, uh, a mini mindfulness strategy that anyone could do anywhere. Um, Can you just give us a little sample of, of, you know, what you kind of do when you do it yourself?
0: Sure. Um, I actually practice this one uh, pretty much anywhere, anytime. Um, and it's whenever I feel either frustration coming upon me or um, even, for, like, even just before this call, I was, on, I was trying to cancel an account. And the woman was just god awful slow. And I felt my frustration coming forward. And I was like, my God, I just want to cancel the account. And <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand. I'm like, what's going on? And that was my control coming forward. Mm-hmm. And that was me wanting to like jump through the computer and be like, hey, let me just do it for <laughs> you. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> instead, I was just like, no, okay. Um, take a deep breath. So, I put my tip of the tongue at Fire Point, the space at the roof of the mouth just behind the teeth. Fire Point is a space that immediately relaxes the jaw, it relaxes mm-hmm. the entire uh, facial structure. So, instantaneously, you are able to take a deeper breath. Right. Deep, that breath carries oxygen. Oxygen is carried through red blood cells. I'm getting very technical right now on you, but red blood cells oxygenate the body, which then the more oxygen you have, the more relaxation you can mm-hmm. introduce. So pressing the tip of the tongue to fire point, take a breath in, and then I exhale through my mouth. I separate my lips and I exhale through the mouth. And I envision that frustration leaving my body. Because from a holistic perspective and from a yogic philosophy, if I keep that frustration within my body, it will over time manifest into something such as illness Mm. or fatigue. Or, you know, it will manifest into, you know, it's a negative emotion so that negativity Mm -hmm. will manifest into negative within my system. And that's not something that I want within my, my physical presence, my Mm -hmm. spiritual presence. So that's what you need to do is honestly, it's as simple as a a few breaths in through the Mm -hmm. nose, tip of the tongue to fire point and blowing out through the mouth. You can do it in traffic, you can do it at your desk, you could do it anywhere just for just two other quick ones that I'll just give you in case people, you know, obviously we all breathe, but you know, if that's not what you want to do, I have a friend um, and she has a hair tie on her wrist. And when she acknowledges something, she actually takes it very lightly and like, you know, you would never even And she snaps it on her wrist. and it just It re it changes her focus. Um, another a colleague of mine, he actually pinches the inside between his thumb and his pointer finger. He'll hold his, you know, his hands together and he'll pinch that inside. And what that does is it just creates a, um, an interruption to your thought pattern, an interruption to your breathing. And that interruption allows you that little brief time that you need cognizantly and consciously to alter your behavior
2: that's powerful stuff that you, uh, that you shared with us.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm glad to, I'm it's, it's stuff that, uh, you know, I'm a part of it every day and I have clients that <laughs> chat about it all the time. And, um, I'm happy to share it because collectively, you know, we have been going through, um, a global trauma, mm-hmm. you know, especially related to the pandemic. And it's ultimately so crucial right now for us all to, Unify and come and share these spaces of you know ourself. Whether it's about defining boundaries, whether it's Mm -hmm. about ways that ways that we can calm our minds and create better strategies for Mm. um, new behavior, because there are different ways you know doing business now too, and Mm -hmm. different ways that we have to engage with one another. And we need then an engagement of consistent practice. We need an engagement of. Healthy outlets, so that we can work through the other challenges that the mm-hmm. external world will present to us
2: yes, and I mean you're such an inspiration I know that since last time i I had a conversation with you till today I mean I've been using a lot of the stuff that you've been you know talking about, and you know I know you did the yoga mind challenge and I mean uh, and now you're in a new place in your life so Um, I want to thank you so much for, for being a guest again on this podcast. And I'm sure my audience, uh, also, you know, loves you coming on.
0: Thank you so much. It's been absolutely awesome (laughs) to come back and, um, you know, sharing time and space with you and your listeners and, um, yeah, for sure. Thank you so much.
2: Absolutely. And before we take off here, can you just tell us one more time where we can find you on social media?
0: Yeah, you can connect with me on Facebook. You can connect with me on Instagram. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, those will be, you know, the best ways to connect with me, and um, or even joining my Facebook group, um, the Omzone. Zone.
2: There you go. Did you, you change that name recently too? Right? I
0: did. I did <laughs> change it because you know what? After doing that you know, that last challenge, um, even during our, you know, when we had that conversation, mm-hmm. and I mentioned how it just completely changed my life too. And, you know, the ways that I was going about it. And I said, you know, we need a place where we can come together collectively. And, you know, Beacon Blueprint is definitely my business. And it's how I eat. I am the guide um, for my clients. And they I guide them into the spaces that they want to be in. Um, but you know, they truly define their pathways. Mm-hmm. I just coach them there. And the ohm zone is where we collectively come together, and I do have another challenge coming up um You can be take a look out for that uh for march um still working on that at the moment, and um, I've got a couple of other things coming out in March related to organizational wellness.
2: Well, there you have it. Uh, I'll definitely be following you and and I'll definitely keep in contact and as you know, you're always welcome back. You're my number one, pretty much. Uh
0: <laughs> oh, thank you.
2: <laughs> All right, guys. There you have it. I hope you got something out of it. If you did, please let me know at in the Apple iTunes and let me know how I'm doing. Rate, share this episode. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode. I got a lot more guests coming uh, on my show from around the world, um, especially in, in the coming weeks. So make sure you look out for that. So with that said, we are out. You're
1: listening to the on-call and pad.